I'm John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. My name's John Brandian. We already said all that stuff. I don't need to repeat it. Your name is Carl. We didn't say that. You are our neighbor and you are most welcome here we are delighted to have you with us welcome carl is your microphone turned up no. nope why, is it working? why don't we hear yours welcome carl oh now i can what was wrong with it it was not on here it was oh. here and it was there that happens a lot here. that happens a lot you don't yeah you know why that it. is no because my kids children play stuff are you seriously gonna blame your kids for that i'm going to um, well, it was, uh, Peaches just told a funny story before we turned the podcast on. Tell Carl about the vase. Well, we are getting ready for Colin's birthday party. His birthday was Sunday, but his party's next week. It's, so I'm cleaning yeah. a lot of things. So I took like, like high shelf knickknack things get really dusty. So I took some stuff outside and I like hosed them off mm-hmm. and then we were setting up for the podcast. So a lot of them are still dusty on the lower shelf and so i said to the kids who are making piles of pillows and mm-hmm. blankets to jump into from jump the stepladder that i was using right um i was like if you want to do something helpful there's still a pretty impressive pile of cushions in the living right. room that that's I what i'm see. saying and the stepladder is right there yeah and so they were diving into the pile they made and i said if you'd like to do something helpful you can take this enormous vase that i just got down and go wash it while Grandpa and I do the podcast. Right. And Emery goes, Emmy. yay! She's five. <laughs> she goes, yay! And she picks it up with both arms. And she wraps starts her arms to around tote it. it into the kitchen. <laughs> Walks toward the kitchen with it. And then she stops and goes, Mommy, were you kidding? Because I'm going to clean this. <laughs> it was like... She could not believe... Yeah. How lucky she was. It had to, to be, be a joke. Yeah. Like, mommy it's wouldn't like, tell me to clean something. She wouldn't ask something. me to do something this fun. <laughs> it's way too she, much fun. She wouldn't ask me to help her with something that is this awesome. I honestly didn't know that it was going to be an enviable <laughs> task. I was just like, rather than jumping on my pillows, right. why don't you go clean this giant dusty vase? And she's like, yes. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. Hold on a minute. Seriously? This is too good to be true. <laughs> Are you joshing me? Are you joking, Mom? Because are you kidding? And then she said, and then she should says completely seriously because I I'm going to do it. <laughs> I am on my way right I am, now. I am ta- I am taking you at your word, and I am in the process of going to the kitchen to wash this vase. <laughs> you better stop me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and meanwhile, Cammy, the ten year old, and Silas, the three year old, are out on the porch. We can see them from here doing ice capades. Doing Disney on ice. Um, shows. So all of our chairs that are normally on the porch are now in the yard facing the porch and it's become a stage. I uh, thought of a new segment. <gasps> we don't have a sound effect for it then. No, we don't. But that's what I thought. I, I, I thought about a new segment. And the segment title, I'm the working title is, is this a joke? You just thought of it? No, I thought of that title. In fact, I even put it in my database as that's one of the... That's weird. Is this a joke? Why? Because that's what Emery just asked me. 
Right. Well, that's part of the reason that I remembered that I thought up a new thing. But but the the premise is <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that happens like in real life. There's a lot of things, particularly now, as our culture continues to spin into irrationality. Uh, there's just a lot of things that are happening that that would have been jokes a few decades ago. You know, people are actually literally saying and doing things that if they were to say them, you know, a few years ago when we weren't completely crazy, right? People would have laughed. This and is now, your version of not the bee. Uh, is that what they do? Well, they have the whole separate like site for yeah. tackling things that normally always, would have been satire. They yeah. would have thought they were satire because the Babylon V is reporting on it, but I, no, I guess it's you real. can say that. I guess you can say that, but it still it always makes me feel a little bit. It always makes me feel a little bit weird when people say, oh, this thing that you're doing that you thought was a new thing is like this other Has thing been that's been around before. for a long time. Yeah, it I always want to push feel, back on that. It should make you feel good to know that other people have had the same idea and successfully gone places with it. Yeah, it should, but it doesn't. All right, well. It should bring me some satisfaction to know that I'm you know, thinking along the lines of other uh, successful people, but it doesn't. It makes me feel like I'm like I'm uh, copying makes me feel like I'm like I'm plagiarizing mm -hmm. and I'm really not. But mm -hmm. uh, I got a, a couple of things. Well, for, well, the one that made me think about it was the ordained uh, atheist, mm -hmm. you know, who was, we talked about that a few episodes I know, ago, but that was, that was what got me thinking about it is that it, that literally is a joke. Here's a guy who the Bible says does not belong to the kingdom of God, who is in a position of spiritual leadership. And it just makes me go, okay, this is a joke, right? You're kidding. Um, but the other thing, this is a slightly older story, but uh, you remember Megan Fox? Yeah. Okay. She is in uh, the Transformer movies. Mm -hmm. She is. And uh, she's a mother of three, and she says she worries most about her eight-year-old son, whom she encourages to wear dresses to school something the child has done since he was at least four years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's been wearing dresses to school. I don't know why he's going to school at four. That's pretty young. Or is that preschool? <laughs> preschool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want him to ever have to read that stuff because he hears it. Uh, for, uh, she said, she was in a magazine, she said uh, that, he's, that he has been subject to mean, awful people and cruel people online i don't want to ever want him to have to hear that stuff because he hears it from little kids at his own school who are like boys don't wear dresses and so the the quote for me this is what makes me go okay is this a joke is back in 2019 she was on the talk and uh, the kid was six years old and uh his wore dresses to school uh because his really liberal hippie school noting that she's trying to teach him confidence to handle being picked on. So she's putting him in a dress and sending him to school to help him build confidence to handle being picked on. And then here we are a few years later, and she's breaking out. He's eight, so it's two years later, and she's breaking down on television because he's being subjected to bullying by cruel and awful people. Right. And it makes me go... Okay, is this a joke? Is she is she trolling us? Is she is she laughing at us, or does she sincerely not see the hilariousness in her in her juxtaposed worldview, in her totally contradictory 
Well, let me answer that Point question for you. It is not a joke, and okay. she does not see the irony. Okay, but I do. There you go. Hope that clears it up. And we're pointing it out so that you can see it too, Carl. What sort of sound effect goes with this segment? That's the only thing I really... <laughs> Wait. Is that a horn? <laughs> yeah. You recognized it. <laughs> I did that with my with my voice, with no. my vocal cords. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I could just do that live. We don't need to record that. Well, I can record it. Is this a joke? I think I can record it while we're going. Here, let me do this. That was worse. Record. Okay, go ahead. Ready? I'm going to point to you. Ready? Go. Okay, now it's on a button. Okay, so play it. Okay, See, now let I want to hear how it here. sounds. Look, we didn't, we didn't even just stop recording. No. Okay, ready? <laughs> you, can hear, you can hear something right before. Yeah, like there's a some little, sort of a little click. Click or a which makes it, which is going to make Carl in the future, who who hasn't heard this, is going to make Carl think that we recorded that with some sort of a device. But that's <laughs> totally we did analog. record it with a device. Well, that I that I made the sound with some sort of a device, but it's analog. It's my vocal cords. It's 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 the gift that God has given me. Here, one play, more. Play it again. One more time. It's <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing we've it's ever done on this show. It's my favorite sound effect. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's all I got for the. That's all I want to do for this episode. I got a whole bunch of other ones, but uh, I've also got an email that uh, we could get to, and I know you got sounds for that. Oh, yeah, but I haven't labeled them, so I keep accidentally using the same ones. You keep over using and over the same one. You keep doing the blue one. Let's do this. Yeah. Jamal, Jamal is here. Okay. Dear John and Peaches, I believe that people should take pride in their appearance, communications, abilities, among other qualities. As temples of the Holy Spirit and images of God, we should take care of how we are presented before God. However, y'all have said that we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. How can I maintain a level of dignity as God's representative while laughing at my shortcomings? Thank you for your wisdom, mm-hmm. Carl, without any of the silent letters. Oh, C-A-R-L? K-A-R-L. K-A-R-L. Yeah. Well. So how can we maintain a level of dignity as God's representatives while laughing at our shortcomings? I am offended that laughter is not seen as dignified. I hadn't thought about that, but yes, now that you <laughs> mentioned it, I too am upset. I too am. I'm going to throw something. Well, I think that what is... Uh, I think what you're doing, Carl, is you are conflating the idea of uh, reverence for God and dignity extended to God's people. Well, right? Yeah, and I think I think that we often end up confusing, um, I guess, a certain stuffiness or a certain. Uh, very narrow idea of what it means to be dignified and conflating that Hmm. with actual dignity. Hmm. So what do you think, what is it to treat a person with dignity? Um, What, what does that look like? Does it, is it a, uh, do you have to get down on one knee and lower your eyes? There was a time in a culture where, yeah, you needed to, that's what I'm saying. Not make eye contact. Do you treat a person with, is it, Basically, treating everybody like royalty. Kiss their rings. Yeah. On their hands. Is that what it means to show respect? Yeah. No, I would say not. 
And I think that it's treating other people the way that you want to be treated. But in the case of our family, we want to be treated like friends. Like for us, there is a lot of dignity in being able to horse around and and have fun. And there is there is a lot of dignity. And I have said this many times, uh, even from stage, that the the people who are uh, who allow themselves to be ridiculed, the people who who make themselves the target of other people's laughter, willingly and knowingly make themselves the target of other people's laughter, are are worthy of honor and respect. Right. Because they are taking they are taking the ridicule that uh, that could be going to somebody else who is less able to handle it, and so it's a very dignified. Well, an important position to be in if people are 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 ridiculing you and mocking you and laughing at you that's one way to look at it but i think this is it's gonna, the correct way to look at it this is going to bring up my the occasion to have the c.s lewis quote quote about childishness mm. that i tried to say the other day and butchered let's see oh i have to i'm looking now you made me start looking for a quote too so we <laughs> can't both look for quotes at the same time or okay else. Here's, here's where I'm going to substitute the term dignity that was used by Carl um, with C.S. Lewis's term adult, which is basically, I, I think they're similar, mm. like the idea maturity or like a certain um, seriousness or certain reverence. Yeah, seriousness, I don't, think, I don't think you can mix serious and adult. Well. I don't think you can in, use those interchangeably. Why not? I, I like... Because a maturity or a, a certain respectability. I think people are afraid of looking, of seeming too, um, too childish and too, um, cause, cause you don't give a lot of respect to children. Do you usually? Well, uh, the, uh, now we're, now we're back again to the original question. What does, what does it mean to treat somebody with respect or dignity? Right. But well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I think that this is in the same vein. I think and for so a you're long going to, time. You're, you're going to substitute the word dignity for adult. For like adulthood or maturity. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Go ahead. So this is C.S. Lewis. I'll allow it. Lewis says, critics who treat adult as a term of approval instead of as merely a descriptive term cannot be adult themselves. To be concerned about being grown up and to admire the grown up because it is grown up, to blush at the suspicion of being too childish. These things are the marks of childhood and adolescence. And in childhood and adolescence, they are, in moderation, healthy symptoms. Young things ought to want to grow, so it is good to want to to mature. But to carry on into middle life or even into early manhood, this concern about being adult is a mark of really arrested development. When I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I'd been found doing so. Now that I'm 50, I read them openly. We be, when I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness and the desire to be very grown up. So you are calling Carl childish. I am saying we run the risk of being a little bit too preoccupied with our own dignity when, when we... When we go too far, like if we were to take that, I understand the question. And I think it's a good question, but I think it is if, a good question. If we worry too much, though, we start to become Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins, where it's like, "Oh, look at me! I'm a banker, and I'm oh so very serious, and, and you I'm should very respect busy, me. I'm very dignified. I have, things, to do, I have things better to do than play games right. with my children." Meanwhile, 
Bert is just jumping into chalk drawings. Right. <laughs> right. And they're both adults. Right. Right. They're both grown up and they both have a certain dignity about them. But one of them has actually become undignified in just how obsessed with dignity he is, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I like that C.S. Lewis quote, and I think about it a lot because... I, I like it. I, yeah. I think it sounds... I, I think it kind of reminds me of what I said at the very beginning, which is we're conflating the idea of uh, dignity and seriousness that's reserved for God, and we are, and we are trying to... Uh, trying to obtain it for ourselves. I don't think that there's I don't think that being treated with dignity and respect is um is a, is a somber thing. I'm I not going to I'm not going to uh, pull you out of this one. I don't know I, what I'm, you're trying to say. I'm, I'm I already said it. I already said what I was trying to say. I'm trying to figure out if you're saying that God is Mr. Banks and he's the serious no, one. No. No, I don't <laughs> think he is. I think that we I mean I, I have said, I have adamantly said for years that God is the author of all comedy. Right. And so, um, yeah, if, if, if God did not have a sense of humor, then he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have come down to earth as a flesh and blood human being. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, how much, how much, how much of a greater fall could you make from divine creator of the universe to child that needs a diaper change and needs to be taught how to walk. One you of don't fall things, much further than that one in of the, the things dignity I think, scale. I think people are choking on, and I, I talked to somebody at the conference last week about, about this. She said she appreciates how you are a comedian and you're funny, but you're also thoughtful. And she said there aren't a lot of comedians that she's seen that are able to do that. And what I've done is, over the years, I've come up with a term you and I use interchangeably sometimes, or we know what we mean when I say they're glorified clowns for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because there is a tendency among especially Christian humorists where it's like they think they can just put on you know, a, a fake flower and they can trip on a banana peel. And right. you know that's... Well, isn't that what Jonathan was talking about during our during our talk. Yes, you did a SWAT talk with the Patriarchy podcast guys. Yeah, with uh, and Tony and Jonathan. And no, Joseph. Joseph. Why did I say Jonathan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When you said you it the first time, I was like, that doesn't seem right. You can go ahead and ridicule me. Anyway, so Sorry, Joseph, Joseph was saying that he wanted to make sure that we didn't become meme lords, like these trolls who are basically sophomoric. And What was the word he used? It wasn't sophomoric. It was... Uh, he said he didn't want it, it, the immaturity. I think he said he referred to. He used a word, and he that used was, the word "serious" too. Right, but he used the word "serious." But he wanted to keep. Ah, oh, now I feel now I feel dumb. First, I couldn't remember his name, and now I can't remember the word that he used. That, but but it was basically yeah. Ours is glorified clowns. But he said you have to that you don't become not flippant. But what was it? It was it and not. But it was uh, inconsequential. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> Carl's on the edge of his seat here. Uh-huh. Just super interested. Uh, go ahead, skip it. Basically, yeah. Basically, there's a difference between being between being humorous and thoughtful and just being silly. Frivolous. And frivolous. I don't think that was it. Is that it? No. Irreverent. No. Disrespectful. No. 
impudent. No. Uh, no, you're glib. right. You're right. We are. We're boring. I'm bored now. But frivolous is um, the one that was closest. I thought. But. The, but at the same time, there is there is a, a, a occasion when silliness is okay as well. Right. You know. Um, and uh, but his his point was that we want to make sure that our that our humor is not inconsequential or impudent to use the two words that it wasn't right but that that we're not just doing things to be silly and there, nothing results from it right um it's it's uh, who wrote charlie in the chocolate factory uh, uh dot dot dod dod what's his name the same guy who wrote the fantastic mr fox wasn't it uh oh road doll is that it yeah Ro- rolled doll that's rolled it. doll yeah um he said Colin, why are you yelling through? By the way, the fantastic Mr. Fox is an excellent movie. The Peaches will disagree with me, but Colin, while she's talking to Colin, go outside I'm just going to put a plug in he's, for the fantastic Mr. Fox. He's yelling through the window. We're s- sitting in the dining room, and Colin came to the dining room to yell through the dining room window to his sister, who's on the front porch yeah. or on the back porch. While we were podcasting. While we're podcasting, so I was like, just welcome go out to there. the kitchen table. Anyway, Roald Dahl said, a little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. And he said that through um, Willy Wonka in the book. So I like that. And I have put that on a couple of my social media profiles before because of my line of work as an event coordinator. Because of what you do. Yes. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. So did we answer Carl's question? I don't know if we did. I'm just saying... That when I think of that, when I think of people who are like, well, how do I maintain my dignity? Or how do I keep, how do I try to be respectable? I feel like it's a losing battle because as soon as they try, they become... A clown. They become kind of silly. You kind of become yeah. silly. Right. Yeah. And it, and meanwhile, on the other side, it's, when you it's embrace sort of like a kid, it... It's like a kid wearing a tuxedo that's slightly too big for him. And when you embrace the silliness, you're actually on your way to wisdom. You, you care less about yes. what people think. There's a security there. There's a, there's a confidence in, in who you are and what you're doing that makes you no longer that glorified clown that everybody's afraid of being, right. but more of that wise man who appreciates the nonsense that God has left for us. And there's a dignity in that. There's mm-hmm. a dignity in being able to say, oh yeah, I'm not a grown up. I'm not worried about being too grown up. That's what children do. Right. I'm just going to be who I am and enjoy what I've been given by God, including the things that God has given us that including are including the bonkers, shortcomings that are funny. Right. You know, the things that it, that crack us up. Well, if if you, from my perspective, and this is just my personal perspective, and so if you differ with this, then feel free to to disregard it. But if you had a choice between spending time with a person who's a bit of a goofball that makes you laugh or spending time with a person who is very dignified and, uh, and so far above you that you have difficulty thinking of what to talk about. I mean, which of those two would you rather spend an afternoon with? Would you rather have somebody telling jokes and making you laugh or somebody spending 20 minutes trying to think of a synonym for frivolous? <laughs> which would you rather? What if those are the same person? Was that a dignified way for us to go about trying to figure out what to say in that moment? No. Probably. It probably was. Was it? We weren't like, we weren't honking. We weren't going. <laughs> I still can't believe I made that sound my own self. That was not very dignified. I have a gift. I would say Googling synonyms for words is something that a you know person with a lot of decorum might do. You know, that's a great point. I am actually a little bit 
proud of myself for making that totally undignified. I, I was going to say the most dignified parts of this podcast have by far been the most boring. That's right. They're, they're, <laughs> we're trying to speed through the dignity parts and get to the undignified parts. Right. Because it's not as interesting to listen to. It's not. And so uh, well, I guess to answer the question, Carl, um, yeah, I, I, we're, we're going to stand on this thing that says don't take yourself so seriously because the the more seriously you take, and I think you even said this during the podcast, I think you even said this during that episode, that the more seriously you take yourself, the more likely it is that everybody around you is going to laugh They're at you. They're going to crack a smile. Right, because there's something funny about really, really trying to be taken seriously. Right, right. And don't be afraid that you are doing a disservice to God in the meantime. Like, right. that's that's your angle with your book. God gave you the humor so that you would use it. Like, it's his idea. He invented it. This God is not, decides what's funny, You not are us. not disgracing the creator no. through your laughter, even if you snort when you laugh. Right. Even, even if, if your laugh is a little too high-pitched. Even if you drool a little even bit. Even if you sound like a porpoise. Yes. Even if you fart. Why you... That's even more Or you funny. pee. Even if you pee a little bit, it's yep. still worth it. Yep. And that kind of makes it funnier. By the way, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but the mental picture I just got was my 10-year-old Cammie on the uh, roller coasters when she went to Cedar Point for the first time, which was, by the way, a whole spiritual battle for her because she loved being there and wanted to go and was looking forward to it so much. But she's a classic overthinker mm -hmm. and did not really enjoy the first one she went on as much as she had hoped. So she was having anxiety about, oh yes. my gosh, this is not going to meet my expectations. Or my my dad or my grandpa's expectations because she so was with Luke and my father-in-law. What am I going to do if they find out that I'm not having fun? Well, and so then uh, Luke says to me via text message, because I wasn't there, I was home with the younger two. He's like, you know, Cammie's having some feelings. And so I said, do you want me to talk to her? And he's like, you can. So I called and by the time we were done with our conversation, she was sobbing. I mean, she was on. <laughs> well done. Yes. She was crying underneath the roller coasters. Well done, Peach. She was sobbing because she, it was like the dam broke. Like, you know, she, she was holding it together and then she talked to mom. And then she mom, talked to mom. And, and mom everything. was like, well, let's, let's think about this. So what you're telling me is you want to have fun, but you're afraid that you're not having as much fun as you could have. And right. now you're not sure you even want to go on another one, but you're also afraid you'll miss out on Right, something. that it might actually be fun. Yeah. And you've already decided yeah. that it's not fun. And so it was like a combination of relief at being understood and also just misery at the catch-22 she found right. herself that in. She, the, the, the bed that she had made for herself that she must now lie in. Right. So yeah. she was afraid that daddy was going to force her on the roller coaster uh, and i said he's not going to do that but i but we both know that you will be disappointed if you come home having not ridden anything else and she goes i know and so she was very upset because cam because cammy is a thoughtful little kid too. yeah well we've had conversations like this many times in her young life mm -hmm. and so we just kind of worked through it but Anyway, what I was saying was she eventually did get on the coaster, but she was afraid. I didn't know this part when I talked to her. She was afraid of emoting, like, on the coaster. She didn't want to, to scream. You know, she didn't want to yell or make noise or look like she was enjoying. She wanted to passively, <laughs> expressionlessly yes. ride the roller coaster. She wanted to ride the roller coaster with dignity. <laughs> She felt like she was out of that control. Reminds me of the, that reminds me of that little thing that, that happened a few years back where people would glue chess pieces down on the chessboard. 
What? You didn't, don't you remember this? No. This is fantastic. People would glue chess pieces onto a chessboard and then they would get on the roller coaster and when it went through, it was one of those roller coasters that would take your picture. And, right. so, and so while they went under the camera, they would be sitting there no. appearing to play chess. <laughs> they don't let you on the roller They don't coaster. let you take things, not even cell phones. Not anymore. But there, but there was a little phase there was a, where that was the thing to do. And people would be, and so it wasn't just chess boards. People, people took all kinds of stuff on the coaster with them to, to act like they were just passively. Like it's no big deal. Yeah, they were doing something else. Like yeah. one guy had like a, like a little makeshift desk, like with pens and papers, like he was doing office work on yeah. the roller coaster. Yeah. And that was Cammy. Cammy wanted to just ride the roller coaster well, like she, she was wanted, sitting in a lawn chair in the backyard. She wanted to do it on her terms. Right. And she felt out of control. She did tell me this while we were talking. She was like, I don't, I don't like... How did she describe it? I was the one who said, well, you just don't like feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. And she said she didn't like that feeling when you go over the first hill. Right. And I said, that's what people who are adrenaline junkies That's why love. people get on the roller coaster. Right. I said, you just have to surrender to that. Like, yeah. accept whatever you feel, just accept it. And she's like, well, it's, it makes this feeling in my tummy that right. she wanted to be able to, to control. She wanted to have, she wanted to be able to feel... She wanted to be able to feel some adrenaline, but maybe not as like much with a, as a knob she could turn up right. or down. She wanted to adjust it to right. the point where it was right. comfortable. And she said, like, oh, they strap you in. Once they strap you in, they make it really tight, then you can't move. And I said, Well, that's we both know that's a good thing, right? right? <laughs> you don't, <laughs> you don't want to just fly you off. You don't want a full range of motion but when you're going over the psychologically hill. and emotionally, she didn't like being strapped in. Yeah. And along for the ride. So she was a little claustrophobic yes. and helpless. Yes. And that was, those are, it's, yeah, it's funny. Those are the very things that people get on roller coasters for. Correct. And that's what you want when you surrender to a good comedy show. It's right. like you laugh uncontrollably. That's, that's a great laughter is when you just can't even help it. There's no, that's a there's good no analogy. way to hold it in. That's a good analogy. A lot of people go into comedy shows going yes. okay i don't want to be strapped in i don't want to i want to go over the hill but not that hill and right. not that fast and, right yeah so all of that to say carl apparently she finally she got on a coaster and then another one and then another one and by the end she says to colin her, her younger brother mm -hmm. you can scream colin it actually helps <laughs> when you go over that first hill because she was trying to hold it she's right. literally trying to bottle up she was trying to bottle up all that and uh, I bet it was anxiety inducing. Like mm. I bet trying to hold everything in, all that adrenaline and everything else and having nowhere to put it. I'm going to go over a roller coaster, but I'm not going to react yeah. in any way. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to, to be jostled to the left or to the right. I'm not going to yeah. scream. I'm not going to smile. I'm just going to like <laughs> hold on. I'll tell you what, that Gemini roller coaster, they still got that at, at, at Cedar Point. At Cedar Point, I think they do. But it's it's a double roller coaster, Carl. Like the roller coasters go up. At hence, the same time, and they follow hence the name, and they go, yeah, they go. Gemini is the Gemini twins. Gemini is the twins. Yeah, right. But if you, if you don't know about your astrology, you're not, you not if you're that. not as much into witchcraft as we if are. You're not into <laughs> witchcraft and evil like we are. <laughs> then you might not know that. Yeah. But anyway, it's a wooden roller coaster, and it looks great. I mean, you you look at this roller coaster, and it's like, okay, well, ah, that is a classic roller coaster. It's all wooden and it's big oh. and heavy. Yeah. But you ride that thing, and it's like being in a dryer. Yeah. It's, it's like it, it just beats you, up. beats you to death, and there's no way. There's no way to predict it because you're looking at the track and everything looks smooth and all of a sudden it just starts rattling, you know, when it goes around the corners and stuff. And I, and it's, you know, 
Well, so anyway. I, I kind of sympathize with Cammy a little bit. I don't like having my head smashed around inside right. the... Right, Nobody does. Yeah. But I think it just brings it back to the idea that the more you fight it, the worse it ends up being. Right. Whereas when you kind of surrender to it, there's more dignity. There's more dignity in just riding the ride. Yeah, just letting it take you And letting it on take a you there. Rather than crying underneath the roller coaster. Because, because you didn't... <laughs> you weren't dignified enough. Because of what might happen... <laughs> If you right, because you're not in control, you're not in charge, and you're right, not and that's in really what dignity is. That's what that's kind of what fear of dignity is, isn't it? It's a fear of losing control. It's yeah. a fear of it's a fear of not being able to control other people's perceptions of right, you. Right, right. And again, I don't want to. I don't want Carl to feel like we're beating up on we're picking on him. him. Like I thought, this is how we talk to our friends. Carl, I think it's so. a good question, and I yeah. think it's exactly the type of conversation I had with my ten year old when she was like. How do I enjoy this? I want to enjoy this. I want to glorify God with my choices today at the theme park, you know? Right. And I told Cammy that. I said, listen, just because it's easy for your little brother who is gung-ho about every single part of this mm -hmm. does not mean you're doing something wrong because it's harder for you to enjoy this. Or because you're feeling differently. You're feeling differently and you right. have a different personality and so you've got some different things to work through than him. Right. It's so kind of like going to the gym. glorify God in a different way. Right. Right. And so I told her, you know, feel whatever you feel, whatever you feel. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just just be willing to be a little brave, you know, go out on a limb or go out on the top of a hill, as it were. Right. And and let go. And by the end, she ended up having she fun. Had, she had a blast. OK. Yeah. And there's also nothing wrong with taking another ride on a roller coaster maybe maybe two more rides on a roller coaster and you know, deciding this isn't for me <laughs> and deciding i don't like roller coasters yeah that's perfectly legitimate right i do not like spinning around in circles right and i know that because i've tried several times there's there's a ride that it's got different names but it's called the octopus and it's got like three arms with cars. It's at, the Tilt-A-Whirl, isn't it? No, or the, the Tilt-A-Whirl's tilt different. Scrambler's different. It's like different. the Scrambler. It's the Octo yeah, it's like the Scrambler, except it's up in the air. And so, oh. the, it's, and the cars spin, like they're each on an arm, and then they spin independently. So the right. arms go around, and then the cars on the arms go around. Right. And it's just, it is... It's nauseating. Yes. And it looks fun. You know, I, I'd stand <laughs> on the ground and look at it. It's like, man, I would like to ride that. And I've ridden it probably three or four times in my life. And every time I'm miserable after I get <laughs> off of that ride, it just makes me sick. By the way, I always use that example, motion sickness, when somebody, when a male particularly asks about morning sickness. It's like motion same sickness. Same feeling. Same feeling. And you don't actually physically get ill when you ride rides like that. You just want to be. Yes. And that's you, how it, I am you with, just sick, wander with around. pregnancy. I would wander around the rest of the afternoon just feeling like I wanted to barf. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, and, and then. That's pregnancy. Like, yeah. I don't actually physically get ill when I'm pregnant. I just walk around just all be. the day going, uh, 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 yeah. yeah. You're I'm, a little I'm, bit dizzy and you got a little bit of a headache and you just. That's generally how I get sick. When, yeah. I, when I'm sick, I feel like that. Yep. I feel like, I just feel. Like I want to throw up, but all that to say that if you decide that roller coasters are not for you, that's that's, that's fine. Fine, that's, that's fine. fine. But don't. There are pitfalls to worrying too much about not looking silly. That's what I'm saying. Right, and and there's a there, it's a it is a pitfall, and it is it is unnecessary to feel like okay, dignified people ride roller coasters, and therefore right. I must ride roller coasters, or I will not be a dignified person. How do I, 
how do I justify this? How do I properly think about this? Well, you think right. about it by saying some people like roller coasters and some people don't, and it has nothing to do with your dignity. Right. right. Yeah. And let's not make the mistake of thinking that because we're laughing and enjoying ourselves that we're automatically those we're frivolous, being unserious, immature right. people, because there is a secure and mature way to enjoy a little nonsense now and then. How does that rhyme go again? A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. It's relished by the wisest men. Isn't that good? It is. There's a reason he's one thank, of the classics. Thank you, Roald Dahl. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So uh, uh, do we have a few minutes. Do you want to talk about the thing that you wanted to talk about? Do you want to go in a whirl? Oh, my goodness. Can I even fit it in? Do we not have time? We it, got like, what, nine minutes? Ten minutes. It can be a very short uh, segment. And it's been a while since I did the sound effect, mm -hmm. so... Let's do it. Peaches in a whirl. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Christian people, at least the ones that I'm hanging out with in my circles, are struggling because they have been historically very libertarian-leaning in politics. Okay, and now explain what that means. Right. Well, I'm trying to get there. Okay. I think that historically they've been very liberty-minded and they love the idea of small government. Mm-hmm. To the point that they're really struggling now that they're looking around at all the freedom happening in the in the country, and like what freedom? Well, people have the freedom to get abortions, for example. Okay. Um, or they have the freedom. They're they're using arguments like my body, my choice now when it comes to vaccines. Right. And so they're struggling because they're not sure what to do with all of the, they love the idea of autonomy and they love the idea of freedom and they love they they like the idea of my body my choice when it comes to vaccines yes but they don't like it when a woman says my body my choice so i can abort my baby we just talked about this on the mom cast so that's why i'm thinking about it we specifically talked about abortion and vaccines and why there's a difference oh, so i there. have to think up new thoughts but you can just regurgitate thoughts you've already had no, the new thought that we didn't talk about on the mom cast is how it relates to free speech and um, free markets when it comes to social media. So so another area where this happens, where people are conflicted, conservative Christians are conflicted because they believe in free market capitalism. Mm -hmm. And they love the idea that if you build the thing, you should be able to do whatever you want with it. You should be able to sell it. But now we've it. got monopolies. I mean, we've straight up, we've got Facebook and Twitter and Google and um, like three or four people own the right. internet. And so now communication is breaking down. We're not able to talk to each other. My father-in-law was just kicked off of Facebook for like two weeks because of something he said in a private message to his sister. Right. He was using basically the text message feature, right? right. It's private messaging. It's not even published. And they were monitoring that, didn't like what he said, and kicked him off the entire Messenger and Facebook app for like two weeks. Right, because... It Again, Carl, because not of something he posted publicly, something he put in a group or even on his or even on his public wall, but this was a private message that he sent to another member of his family. And right. Facebook intercepted it and said, No, this private conversation that you are having is inappropriate. Right. And so you are not allowed to even speak on our but platform. What conservatives say is, Well, we signed the terms of service. Right. We agreed to this tyranny. Right. Therefore, it serves us right. If we're right. going to use their platform, we have to follow their rules. Right. 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 And they're really tripping up because I think that they're struggling to prioritize, like, what has historically been our value as Americans, which is the liberty, the free 
free enterprise, free markets, free market. Well, free speech. No, no. The free speech is now being is the thing that's now being assaulted. The free speech is what's now being prevented because of these monopolies. Right, but historically, we have we have been fiercely uh, defenders. They're now in conflict. And Mm -hmm. people don't know what to do because as soon as someone says, well, it's a business, they can do whatever they want. Conservatives have always been coming to the defense of the businesses to do whatever they want. Right. Conservatives are allowed to be discriminatory. Or uh, businesses are... Businesses can discriminate because businesses are people. Right. That's what they're saying. Right. And so as a result, I think our, our love of free market capitalism is giving people a really hard time. Is it giving people a really hard go of it? Right. But is that because we have detached the concept of capitalism and free speech and free market from people? We've div- we've divorced it from morality, right. which is derivative of God. Right. And and w- our founding fathers even said we cannot keep this system of government we if we're immoral. Keep this republic. We can't do it. If if we don't have people who believe in God and who are self-governing. Right. If they're going to be Crazy tyrants who right. monitor your private conversations and then kick and you off the platform down. and they discriminate against you because of your right. political and religious beliefs. Right. If that's going to happen, we can't maintain this republic. Right. But people who are, who are again, in my circles, people I know and love are really struggling with like, oh, but all of my life I've come to the defense of the corporations. Right. All of my life I've been in the corner of these gigantic Well, that's a mistake too. That's a, it's a mistake to just to have your default position be business always good no matter what they're doing. That's, right. That's not a and it's, it's that's not, not a wise position to take. It's not that they're saying the business is good, but they really do think it's just as simple as oh everybody just quits supporting that that monopoly now. Everybody just leaves Facebook and da da right. problem solved. Which well it, that would solve the problem, but people. But people don't do that. Well, but that. then where do they go? Because well, they would go to another platform. Like what? Like well, Parler? They were kicked off the App Store. Like well, I'm not just talking about Facebook. I'm also talking about the servers, Amazon. Right. So you're talking about the entire the, the whole internet. Right. Is the basically whole internet controlled by. by <laughs> and what are we people. supposed to do? So you leave Facebook, do? and where are you going to go? Well, everybody else is is controlled by the same people who are controlling. Right. Facebook. Right. Who got rich? Because they stole our ideas. They let us use our ideas and our words to build the platform in the first place, and then right. they yoinked it out from under we us. We attracted, we basically built Facebook's right. audience. Right, right. And now they're going to take it away. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do we defend their ability or their right, I suppose, to do that because we're just so in love with the idea that that you vote with your dollar all the time. Like all you have to do is take your money elsewhere because where are you going to go? My sister-in-law Megan was like, well, I'm going to start training my carrier pigeons, right? Like, Oh, we're going to build up some ponies. Start sending pony messages in bottles. Right. Because what do you do? We're talking about communication now and the ability to talk to each other face to face. We're going to have to (laughs) stop talking to each other on our phones and start getting back together and having conversations like you and I are having right now. Across the table. Well, we're across the table, but we are going to have to publish this on some on a platform, internet platform. Yep. Yeah. And what do you do when they become these oppressive, hateful? Right. Well, I see what you're saying. Discriminatory so the, the, tyrants. The dilemma is that I, I think the priorities are a little out of whack. Is that what you're suggesting? That the that what what matters that there's a, a hierarchy 
of, for lack of, of a values. better term, of morals or ethics. Yeah. There's a hierarchy. And yeah. some ethical things are more important than other ethical yes. things. And the right to be able to express yourself freely yes. is, is more important is than, more important than a business's right to to build a social media platform, for example. And do whatever it wants. And do whatever they it. want with it. Yes. Right. That they're morally and ethically they are obliged to allow us to speak freely to right. each other. Right. More so than But we're so dis we're so disgusted by the idea of regulations. Yes. For all we these don't years like we don't want to regulate. And I again this is me that and I'm talking about. And who is going to regulate them? Well, Christians ideally, but right. but but see, they're then they won't. Then they become the tyrants. If <laughs> no, they... no, no, no. Ty- tyranny is always immoral, and so you're not being a tyrant if you are enforcing God's laws. If you're doing something, well, that's... but most people don't understand that. Most right. most Christians will they they don't see any difference between what Facebook is doing and what they're doing when they say, Correct. you need to bend your knee and accept that Jesus as your Savior. That is my whole point. Right. Or they don't see any difference between what we suggest when we say we need to have our laws based on God's word and what the Taliban is doing right. when the Taliban institutes Sharia law. Right. They see no difference and they think the problem is the form of government and not the rules that that form of government is actually employing. They Correct. Think, they think they it's the theocracy. They, they see it all the same thing. Yes. They see it. It's a, I've had somebody say that to me in the last couple of weeks. It's uh-huh. like, what you're say, saying is no different from what the, the Islamic, does. from what the Taliban does. And it's like, it's totally different than what the Taliban does. Right. No, but they don't see it that way. They, so and, but they, Christian people don't see any difference between yes. proclaiming Christ and beheading infidels. Correct. They think it's the same and thing. And many Christian people are struggling because they don't see any difference between outlawing abortion and forcing a mandate and forcing vaccine. people to put vaccines in their bodies. Right. And it's like when you say it that way, hopefully people go, oh, yeah, OK, that's not actually the same. But all they hear is people should have medical freedom and autonomy. Right. And so then they're like, oh, well, that obviously includes abortion, too. And it's it's frustrating for me a little bit as a Christian to have all of these people I know and love who have they take these little slogans like my body, my choice right. or um, free free speech or free markets or whatever. And they they think that they need to apply them in all of these universally <laughs> everywhere to yeah. everybody yeah, yeah well it's the same thing that we've been doing in the church for for decades where it's like everybody you know everybody is good basically right. everybody is a good person and it's not true there are no good people but some people are worse than others right and people who have become inhabited indwelled with the holy spirit are a better class of people than the straight up heathens right. who are who are guided by their own whims and fleshly right. desires. But this is and why it doesn't do any good for Christian people to say, you know what, we're all the we're same. We're all the same, right? And this is why we lose ground all the time. And this is what I was talking about with my sister in law Megan earlier today, and what I wanted to say to Carl now is this is how we end up seeding ground because we build something good, or we try to start to build something good, and then we give it up to. To the pagans. The pagans, the immoral yeah. people. And we don't trust ourselves to do a better job than the pagans, right. which ends up becoming a self-fulfilling and we prophecy. Think we think we're being arrogant, and we think yeah. we are being tyrants when we say, no, no, we we are children of God. We're right. going to do a better job with this than you do. Right. We're like, oh, we can't say that. Right. We can't judge them. We can't tell them not to abort their children. We don't know children. what's in their heart. We can't tell them not to kill their babies, but also not to tell us which vaccines to take. We right. can't tell them that. We can't, we can't say anything. We just have to... We can't tell what them. What can we do? We can't tell them that. <laughs> what, what does our Christianity give us the right to do? 
Well, it doesn't give us the right to tell people that businesses should belong to the business creator and owner, but that when Facebook starts censoring your private conversations with your sister, that that's, that's okay too. Far. too. That's too far. We're not oh. allowed to tell them that, apparently. So, I, I don't know. Christians, I think we just need to let go of our identity as libertarians and small government. I've been saying that for years. You know, proponents. We just need to be Christians and stop... Stop politicizing everything. Stop looking at everything in terms of which side of the aisle does this right. fall on. Stop worrying whether the thing that you're saying sounds similar to something a godless pagan has once said, provided what you're saying is actually backed by God. If mm-hmm. what you're saying is backed by God, then I am all in favor of going full theocracy at this point. Like plan A for me. Me too. Full Plan A for me is small government, limited government, Freedom, you know, autonomy, the free markets. I like all of that. But when we're as immoral as we are in the United States, right. plan B is, well, God's law is better. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. it. It only works if, if Christians, it doesn't work to just be anarchists, which is, yeah. what, which is what some of these libertarians are for all intents and purposes. Everybody should have the right to do, you know, to, to be guided by their own conscience. Well, it's... You've got to be careful about saying that because some people's consciences are not driven by the Holy Spirit and they are going to do nothing but wickedness. We may upset Carl a little bit this time around because I know, again, libertarianism is very near and dear to the hearts of a lot of Christians that I know. Libertarianism is not Christianity. Well, I'm just saying he still might be a little upset about... Sorry, I'll die on that hill. Oh, do you want me to play that? I was no, about to play we're the, out of time. We don't have time to play the sound effect. I'm playing the theme song, but yeah. if you want to hear a gunshot, too, do a gunshot with your mouth. That wasn't quite as good as your horn. And then in our sound effect, there's... You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you.